0: Hi, this is Mover Scott from the Imagination Movers, and you're listening to a podcast where nostalgia comes alive. It's Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show. Roll it. Welcome to Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, the podcast
1: where nostalgia comes alive. Since July of 2021, Jake and his friends have interviewed professionals in the worlds of acting, directing, writing, puppeteering, and many more. Who will they be chatting with in this week's interview? Find out in this Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show episode.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show where nostalgia comes alive. I'm your host Jake Downball. Happy here with us. We have today's always arco, Chris Bixby and Matt Bingo. How you guys doing? Doing good. doing good,
2: doing good. Hi everybody. How you doing,
0: Jakey? I'm doing great as always, thank you.
2: For asking Matt, what do we have for today? First off, very excited you folks are with us, Uh, glad you're with us. Our guest today is a voice actor, an on-camera actor, and a host. Some of you may know him as the voice of Mayor White on Doug, but most of you may know him as the host of the iconic game show, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, which premiered on PBS way back in 1991, and is based on the computer games of the same name, among many others. Here he is, Greg Lee. Greg, welcome. Happy to have you here. Thanks, guys thrilling. This is going to be fun. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So, we know who you are. To kind of kick this off, would you uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what you do in your own words? Sure. I mean, I've I've been an actor for about 30 years, I guess. I got
3: started on a lot of, uh, well, first there was a CBS kid show uh, called Dr. Fad Uh, back in the 80s. I got started on doing audience warm-up. And then I started doing a lot of Nickelodeon shows. I worked on Double Dare for a little while. I worked on a bunch of shows you guys wouldn't even remember, but they were all cool and cool people to work with and stuff. And I did started off with audience warm up, and then I worked into announcing, and then I worked into hosting, and then from there I started doing more, um, more acting stuff and some TV stuff, and eventually found Doug and Carmen, which is probably the two longest things I had ever. Um, and so I still kind of do that. I still write for different people now. I write for Highlights Magazine. My wife and I uh, did a podcast for them and on Audible about Goofus and Gallant. We're just finished our second season on there. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I do um, voiceover for different stuff, different characters, and different groups. So yeah, I just try to stay busy. It's a little tough right now with all the striking going on, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. I think that's all that. I think that's. I think that's what you asked i was telling Mm -hmm. jake i was telling jake before and i guess he's coming back i told jake before i hope i know these answers because sometimes i can't remember some of this stuff it's been so
2: long ago right right. yeah it's all right no worries (laughs) yeah so
1: i guess i'll ask this while he's gone but um so before becoming an actor what was your background like and how did you grow up
3: oh i grew up in nebraska and a little bit in oklahoma and um Uh, my dad was a preacher and uh, so I was a preacher I was a kid preacher for a while like when I was like 12 years old 15 years old Uh, and then I did that after I went to college for that and then I uh, after college I preached for a few years in Oklahoma and then that and then when I stopped doing that I went to New York City and I wasn't sure what I was going to do so I think I was 25 when I went there and then um, you know I was a waiter and a security guard and a bike messenger with no bike and uh, I did a bunch of different jobs like that. I taught English for a while. But, you know, nice. Yeah. So so the actually the guy who came up with Doug, I knew him from church and he he um he got me my first job doing the audience warm up on that Dr. Fad show. So that's how I started. Yeah. Nice. And, oh, when I was a kid, I farmed a lot. You know, because I grew up in Nebraska, Oklahoma, and so I you know I worked on pig farms and wheat farms, drove trucks and tractors and stuff like that. Nice.
1: So how were you inspired to get into acting?
3: Um, Well, you know, I guess it was sort of a, um, it wasn't really a plan of mine. I mean, it really was a matter of just, I just sort of, I needed a job. And so uh, the first job I got on that Dr. Fad show that Jim Jenkins gave me was um, as a production assistant. So I was like, painting sets and getting coffee for people and stuff and after like two weeks he came and said look you're gonna get fired you're no good at this job <laughs> then then that's when he had me do audience warmup and then I was pretty good at audience warm up for a while so uh, I think I would I just took I worked at that job for a long time for a lot of different shows a lot of different Nickelodeon shows you know and then I just sort of fell into different things where they needed an announcer for something then I did that then when they needed a host I did that so I just kind of, it wasn't something I was mm, planning to do at all. It just sort of happened. And then I just kind of did it, you know, and I i guess I still kind of do that now, but not, uh, not so much acting stuff anymore, but more writing stuff and voiceover stuff. You know? So I didn't really have much of a dying desire to do it necessarily, you know, like a lot of my friends, which is great, but I just never really had, it. I was happy doing what I was doing, I guess.
2: <laughs> There you go. Man. So one of your earliest acting gigs was on a Sesame Street home video. Sesame oh, Street visits Sesame Street visits the firehouse. Yeah, man. That was, fun. This was a little bit a little bit before Carmen. What what was it like working on that uh visiting the firehouse? Well, it was really great, man. I mean, oh, that's a big B. Okay. Um um oh.
3: <laughs> wow. I'm sitting here scratching all the mosquito bites I've got since I got up here. We're up here on the St. Lawrence River at night, just I love it so much, but man, bugs don't like me much. <laughs> um, uh. it, was, it was really great. It was. Um, uh, I got that from a, a guy named Andy Bamberger. Cooked me up with that. He was a great director and producer at Nickelodeon, and uh, he got me that that job. And it was maybe three days or four days. I can't remember. I was in New York City at the time. And I think it shot in over in New Jersey, and you know it was really thrilling for me because. I got to work with Big Bird and a bunch of the characters and, you know, it was a blast. I mean, the, they were so good. I still think even after all the uh, television kids TV that I've done over the years, I still think that, you know, Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street were still kind of the standard bearers of here's how you really do quality kids TV. And Oh, I, yeah. Sesame Street still is like in my book. So it was just amazing to as a young actor to be able to just watch them, you know, really do their thing and do it so, so well and flawlessly. And, you know, everyone was happy and, you know, it was clearly worked, they were long days and stuff. But I remember the one scene that always I always crack up about, you know, cause Carol Spinney was big bird at that time before he passed mm-hmm. away and he was the original guy. And, you know, he, he, he's got to hold the head up here, you know, with his arm and he's watching a monitor and he was just a great, great guy. But he and I had to ride on the back of a uh, fire truck at one point, and you know, so we're just kind of bouncing like this. And he's up here like this, you know, trying to hold on with those gloved, feathered hands, you know. So it was just always a crack up to me to, that we both survived that particular ride because it was pretty bumpy for a while. But it was great. I mean, I, that's all. I, I only have good memories of that show just because it was. It, it didn't last very long, but it was. Um, it was just a great, cool bunch of people. Yeah. You know? So now I'm um, your work.
0: So how it began on Nickelodeon game shows, Total Panic and All here Can you talk a bit about those?
3: Yeah, Total Panic was the was the big show that I got my first big break on. It was a three hour live television show on Sunday mornings. So it was three hours live, man, and they stuck everything in there too. They had like games and interviews and mm, uh, uh, cartoons and just all kinds of stuff just constantly because you had so much time to fill and it was live and I' had just been the warm-up guy for that show and then the announcer and so when they lost one of their hosts and they had me come on it was I have to say those producers are really trusting and really patient with me because I had no idea what I was doing and it was completely live you know and uh uh they were just really good to me and I learned so much on that show so fast I think we did it for I don't know two years to three years and i it was just the best way for me to learn a lot of stuff really really fast about television production and how to do it on that side of the camera because i like i said i was perfectly happy as an announcer and and as a warm-up guy i had a blast doing that job and uh hosting was a little bit different but uh the, all the producers on that show were really 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 great uh, talented people and very very patient with me and my co-host molly scott was just the greatest. And, encouraging and helping me and so i i think i've been fortunate to run into some really sweet people over the years who have uh really helped to mentor me and stuff because uh it certainly didn't have to be that way you know but i kind of just had really really good people and a lot of those people i still work with today you know from those days Aww. it's nice right. that's awesome yep yep definitely <laughs> I so, said sweet stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I, I mean, I just have, I've had some nice people, you know, I don't know. Nice
1: right. <laughs> right. So Absolutely. now your longest running hosting gig, which we mentioned in your introduction was on where in the world is Carmen Diego. How, right. how did you, how did you uh, begin working on that?
3: Uh, Carmen was just a regular, you know, gig that you went. My, age, my agent told me to, manager told me to go to an audition, you know, so I went to the audition. Some of the guys that had been on that show, I had done some other warm-up stuff with for other shows, so I did know some of them. But I think they said they had like 300 people they were looking at for the host, and then they got down to the last three of us. And I remember for the that last, because you kind of audition and re-audition, you know, as you whittle people down, so it takes kind of a long process. And so I remember when we got down to the final audition, it was me and two other guys and uh all the producers that were there from um pittsburgh and uh boston were there and i just remember <laughs> knowing i wasn't going to get that job because <laughs> these other guys were really good and they were really experienced and it travels a lot and i just i just hadn't done that much stuff really so um my audition didn't go that well that day but i but somehow got it and then um I think probably having worked warm-up with some of those producers on other shows, they knew that I was okay with not knowing what was going to happen, you know, because there was still a lot to work out for karma at that point. But um, so, yeah, it was just a normal audition, and I somehow got it, and uh, uh, it was phenomenal. I have great friends from there. I met my wife on that show, and um, Mm -hmm. it was just a really – again tremendous amount of people and that first year was kind of tough you know because we were still kind of working it out so we kind of changed rules as we went that first year and if you ever watch the old reruns on um not the old i guess the old tapes on uh, like youtube you can always tell the first season of the show uh, first season show because i have different colored coats on because after Mm -hmm. the first season then that's when i just have the blue coat it's always the blue coat years two to five but the first season i had like a red coat and a green coat and other things and and Mm -hmm. i forget why they did that it was some reason to do with the uh like what what you could i think you put images on the blue coat or something i can't remember but i I guess it was also easier for us to shoot segments out of uh out of order if i had the same uniform on as opposed to changing it all so i think that was the main
2: reason Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah
3: Awesome. Karma was also the first place, they, the first people that gave me a chance to write stuff, because I did a lot of the, Oh, uh, when I go into Lynn's office, I did a bunch of those sketches, and then I did, I, I, they eventually let me do a lot of character stuff that I wrote myself, so they, they also gave me uh, just a chance to try that, which, you know, you, you really can't learn that stuff unless you just do it, and somebody gives you a chance to try it, kind of guide you along. Right. So, yeah. Right, so, yeah first place i got to do that and and i have to say even now more than anything else i like writing more than almost anything else i just really get a kick out of writing you know just <laughs> Bors, awesome. yeah. mm-hmm. so now um do you have any like favorite rounds or challenges from the show oh um well, I mean, obviously, the, the, the most exciting was always that last round. I, you you guys are way too young to have seen that show, right? When we were on, you're all... You're all no, like, no when it was on, I mean, but I've was, seen a bunch of them on, on. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, the last, I mean, the last big round with the big map was always the most, you know, that was what everybody was hanging around for, you know, so it was always oh, yeah. really exciting. And I always felt like I was more of a kid's teammate than anything, you know, so I, I could just read it faster and really go and encourage them, you know to get it to go there um the middle round was always fun because rockapella are phenomenally talented singers uh would try to make me laugh during that round with their little stings that they would do um and of course working with lynn always was was the best because she was such a she was a true professional tony winner and i think she won emmys and stuff like that she was the real a real actor you know so she again was very patient with me and very helpful and was a mentor to me so Working with her on, on those sketches uh, for me was a real uh, thrill, and and I learned a lot to get on that and doing that, too. Yeah. Because um, especially I think after the first or second years when we started shooting all of Lynn's things first. We would bring her in, and we would do all the chief stuff by itself. And uh, so she and I would spend a couple of weeks, just the two of us, working on those things. So it was always fun to do that, too.
2: That's so, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So mm-hmm. you you just mentioned Rocapella, uh, which Frozen was mentioned was the house band uh, on yep. House Band. Carmen. Right. What was it like working with Rocapella? Well,
3: I mean, if you ever get a chance to meet any one of those guys, you'll find that they are supremely talented, supremely sweet, hilariously funny, and you know, they they just um. Kind of what you see is what you get with those guys I mean if, if they you you get the feeling that you would really like those guys you you would it's, they're all just that way. they're just very great guys, you know and so you know anytime you shoot any television show, I don't care what it is, but particularly like a game show or a, any any TV show I guess it takes a long time to do those I mean it it, it you have very long days. That sometimes you're not doing very much, but you're setting stuff up and getting things ready and making sure the audience is okay. And so you have a lot of time when you're not, you're not studying, you're not rehearsing, you're not getting ready, and you're just kind of waiting for things to go. And so you end up spending a lot of time with people kind of hanging around, which can be a really horrible part of the job. It's going to be just, man, you're just waiting like you're in a doctor's office is going to be really hard.
1: Definitely. So if you have
3: people, if you have people like them, you know, that you're just, that are just fun and funny, it makes that time swing by a lot, a lot faster. Absolutely. So in in oh, yeah. recent, in recent years, we've been able, there've been sort of this uh, resurgence of, I guess, nostalgia for that show and for a lot of shows in the nineties. So we've been asked to do some, you know, comic cons and stuff. And so uh, we haven't all met together yet. We've done some zoom stuff um But just being able to be reconnected like that, you know, has kind of been one of those things. You guys probably feel it, too. You can go, you know, several weeks without talking to each other, and then you get together, and it's kind of like you were always there. So it's funny to me. After all these years, it's still kind of the same thing. So, yeah, everybody's normal and real.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and on the subject of uh, Rockapella, actually, Sean Altman's one of our uh, previous guests. He's a good friend of mine. Oh,
3: Oh, yeah. Sean, yeah. He's, he's awesome. Amazing, yes,
2: man. great. Wrote, 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 very wrote, funny wrote, guy, very funny guy. He's hilarious. <laughs> yes, absolutely.
3: <laughs> and he, yeah. wrote, he was One of the most iconic songs of all time. I mean, Oh, yeah. Been- yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely, and uh, similarly with uh, Lynn Figpen, which I know it's been a little over 20 years since we lost her, can you share any of your fondest memories from, you know, knowing Lynn and working with oh. her? Oh,
3: That's always a hard question for me. I appreciate you asking it, but it's always hard just because I, you know, Lynn was really a good, good friend of mine and I really loved her and I still do. And, you know, she was just, uh, you know, I was kind of a squirrely guy from Nebraska who hadn't done anything, but, you know, hang around New York City and do some stuff. And she, she was always just very generous with me and was a great mentor to me. And, you know, we just laughed hard. I don't know. She's just, I have nothing bad to say about I couldn't because she's just always was too good. She kind of, I think of anything about her. She taught me that, you know, you don't have to worry about what people say about your performance so much. You just do what you do and it kind of lands where it lands. I just, that, I always thought that was a big uh, lesson I learned from her. I don't know if she meant to teach that or not, but I certainly got that from her. So yeah, we miss her a lot, man. She was, she was the whole, I always said that show, uh, I was never the star of that show. It was always Lynn, Rockapella, Carmen, the map, the kids, and then maybe me down there someplace. But she, she was clearly the star of that show in my book.
1: Yeah. And I, I grew up uh, with Lynn watching uh bear in the big blue house. Cause she voiced
3: Luna right. on that show. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. It's funny what all you see
2: her in and hear her voice and stuff. Yeah. You know. Definitely. After Carmen, Ended. You hosted a short-lived game show called Nitro. Yeah, Nitro. <laughs> very short-lived.
3: And well, I mean, like, I don't short. even. You know,
2: I did we. Sh- I did we shoot six
3: of those. I can't remember. That was an interesting experience because uh, I can't even remember who we did that for. To be honest with you, again, some very sweet people. They were out in Colorado, and we kind of it was kind of a quick turnaround thing to do uh a few shows and i don't I'm not sure if anyone knew what the show was when we got there i'm not sure if there was really a, a solid script yet there's sort of an idea for a show um i knew so little about what was going on with that we, i know we had a lot of games that would come around uh the night before we try to get them together but it's a very very low budget um uh experience that uh, didn't take too long to do and i can't i honestly cannot remember who we did it for um but i think it was supposed to be sort of an in-house sort of regional thing um that i've since seen snippets of on online before but i remember again it was nice people it was a hard shoot because it was it was a lot of work in a very short period of time and we didn't have a very big staff at all we had one writer and one host and one producer and it was, uh, yeah, it was quick.
1: <laughs> so, kind of moving on from your hosting work, one of your other most known roles, as you mentioned, was voicing uh, Mayor White in both the Nickelodeon and Disney versions of Doug. What, what was uh-huh. it like yeah. working on that show for many years?
2: It was
3: great. It was, um, you know, the, he started off as the principal that, or started off as the mayor, and then when went to ABC, I think they moved him over to the principal. Um, that character was just my. I, I kind of it was a character I did as a kid. My my father's a uh, I, I knew a lot of guys that talked like like Mayor White. I knew a lot of guys growing up talking, that who talked like him. So I used to do that for Jim Jenkins, the guy who um and and David Campbell, the guys who who did Doug. And um, when they started to come up with the idea of Doug, they wanted to use that that character in some way. So I, we kind of built it around that silliness that I used to do. So it was always a very, of all the stuff I've done, that was always a very natural, easy character to do because I'd done it for a long time. Even on Carmen, we, Phil the Barber was kind of based on that same voice, the guy that comes out and cuts hair, who cut Sean's big braid at the end of the, the last show. Um, so, um, but you know, voiceover is great because you don't have hair, you don't have makeup, you don't have costume, and you just kind of walk in and read and then leave. And It was always a fun thing to do. So, yeah, it was good.
1: Definitely, yeah. I grew awesome. up with Doug. I have the DVD in the background.
3: Now, oh yeah. Do I see him there? Wait a minute. Is it in that stack? That oh, right there. Oh, right there on your bed. Oh yeah. Is that of the movie? Huh? Is that the movie or is no? It the it's DVD? it's
1: it's all the episodes of the Nickelodeon version.
3: Holy cow! Wow. So oh. do you have any like ba- like favorite Doug episodes? Hmm. Well, I'll tell you, my favorite ones were always on the, the – the earlier ones uh, on Nickelodeon were my more favorite ones for a variety of reasons. One, I like just the way the the, um, the animation looked because I think they did it in France then. Um, it just looked – it just, had for me, had an interesting texture to it. So I've always been more of a fan of some of the earlier shows. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of a particular one that, that I remember – uh i mean other than the first one, the first one was just it was very very exciting to see it all come together i'd watched jimmy um draw that character for a number of years when he was over at children's television workshop just kind of doodling around drawing doug you know we didn't know it was doug at the time and then he first did a did a a book uh about doug that i think i think that's what he used to pitch to pitch it to nickelodeon when they were doing animation but so probably the first one just because it was kind of the coolest thing that all that was kind of happening you know mm-hmm. yeah
1: that's probably. a good one my favorite episode of doug i think is the christmas one yes oh, Christ- i really? love
2: the christmas one <laughs> that's a classic that yeah that's
3: a goodie that's a goodie yeah that's a yeah because
1: cause yeah. sometimes back on uh when they would have all the old nick shows on on demand i remember that was always the episode they had of doug like they had a that i think like five episodes of each of the classic shows and i remember the every yeah, year the Christmas one would be
2: on there. So that that yeah, was yeah. fun. That's a fun episode. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was I was gonna say the same. The Christmas one's a really, really good one. Yeah. yeah. We're all really good ones. Um but you would you would mention the movie a moment ago. What was it like working on uh on the movie, uh Doug's first movie?
3: Well, I'm, I mean, of course, what I was doing, I mean, it was the same as any other episode. You know, it there wasn't anything uh, different for me. I think for the guys, it was a lot different because, uh, you know, they had big billboards in Los Angeles and I think New York about the movie. And there was just a bigger budget for it. And there was just a lot more stuff that was happening with it, you know, but I didn't have anything to do with that. I was just for, for me, all of it was the same as if, excuse me, as if it was a regular uh, episode. So, but it was exciting that they were getting to do a movie, you know, so, and that's a different thing. Yeah.
0: So you also voiced the character, Chad Dimple, another Jim Jenkins, Project Poop
3: Dogs. Can you talk a bit about that? Well, Chad Dimple's a little bit like the mayor who's a little bit like Phil the barber. (laughs) same kind of character again i think i think for chad nipple he was the closest thing to the original character that i did which which i've called brother preacher brother preacher i've done for many many years like as a stage act and uh chad nipple is this uh is this kind of um kind of a bumbling preacher guy you know who means well but kind of makes some mistakes once in a while so um i think that was probably the most again the most obvious the the easiest one to do probably for me because it was the closest to the original characters that i did for a while for a long long time so but it made jimmy laugh it made david laugh so that was usually good (laughs) before doug i was doing some uh work for jim uh children's television workshop i think i was just like running around getting props for stuff and things and this is long before cell phones and all that stuff you know right if mm-hmm. I went out and did something, you always had to get find a cell, find a, uh, payphone in New York, get your quarters out, blah blah blah, and call back to the office and what do I got to get? What do I need to do now? That kind of stuff. <sighs> anyway, Jimmy was the guy, because <laughs> he had set, we he had a we had a couple of meetings I was supposed to go to, and I was such a dummy back then. I I would I was missing the meetings because I for, I would forget about them, and yes. Jimmy was the guy. I, Jim, I should say, but I always call him Jimmy. But Jimmy was the guy uh who he called me into his office finally, and he sat me down the, like a very big brotherly speech. You can, I, you, you should talk to him about this. I think he remembers this because, because uh, I brought it up to him recently, and he said, "Look, dude, you're not going to have much of a career <laughs> if you don't show up for meetings, and you got to remember your stupid meetings." And so he gave me this thing. They used to have a thing called day planners, like a little calendar book that you would put in your calls and all your stuff and he gave me a brand new one he showed me how to use it and ever since then i never was late for meetings i never missed forgot anything you know and it was because he sat down took the time and very kindly just right told me here's right. how you gotta do it you're 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 an okay guy but you're gonna mess up you're missing meetings with me you're gonna miss them with other people you gotta get your meeting thing together so here's your day planner here's how it works Try that. So he did a lot of good things for me. He bought me a suit once. It was very nice. Oh wow. Yeah, mm. yeah. I didn't have money for a suit. He got me a suit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good man. Oh yeah, definitely. So moving
1: on to some more of your uh on camera acting. You appeared in <laughs> an episode of the uh long earning George Lopez sitcom. What, what yeah, was that? Yeah. What was that like? <laughs>
3: It was it was fun. It was again good people. It was a quick it was a quick day. I didn't have much to do on that one. Uh, so I just kind of came in, did my lines, and left. You know, sometimes that's uh if you're a working actor, that's a lot, a lot of what your stuff could be. I think one of the reasons they're the strike is on now is because these days with streaming, you know, it's hard to get the residuals you're looking for, and so um, right,
2: yeah, used to be you
3: could make good money doing those, you know, and you could like I still get. Residuals from thirty years ago, but now you don't get them so much anymore from a lot of stuff. It just it's just not there anymore. So it's it's hard to make that a viable career anymore.
1: Right, and if you do, it's like not very much at all. Like sometimes it's just a dollar, two dollars, or
3: very much. It's not very much. And so, you know, when I first started, if you did a national commercial like I did um, for three years, I did these commercials for a a snack food called Flips. They're like chocolate covered pretzels, you know. You got a national hmm. commercial that lasted a while. You could, you know, you could buy a house. You could have a, you know, there you make good money, right? Well, now you kind of get paid for the day and not very much afterwards, and it's it's a it's a tough way to make dough anymore. But you know, I kind of understand the other side too because with streaming and some of that stuff, it's hard for them to make their advertising money. So it's a little bit, uh, it's an interesting time, you know, for all that stuff. So, right? Yeah. So so Lopez. Again, great people, fun time, um, uh, but not very long. I mean, it was just a day that I did on there. So,
2: Right. Yes. Uh, so you also starred in several films, one of them including the drama film Eye of the Dolphin, playing yeah. the role of Principal McAulid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for us, I don't know, could you kind of describe that movie to the best of your ability, and <sighs> what was it What it was like working on it? It was a good friend of
3: mine. Um, um,
2: Susan Johnson produced
3: that movie and she's gone on to, to direct a lot of great things. She did uh, Carrie Pilby. She did To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Some huge, huge flicks. And she's a very talented director and producer. Um, and so she brought me on for that. And, um, you know, the movie is just to kind of one of those cool, um, I don't know how to describe it really. But anytime you got kids and teenagers and dolphins and ocean stuff you know it can be some good stuff so um yeah that was an early movie for her i think fairly early um but uh, but again it was a it was uh it was good to do you know just another one of those jobs but it was fun to work with singing on that too yeah
1: you know? definitely. You also uh, starred in the movie *The Between*, which was based on the the novel of the same name. Can you talk a little bit about that?
3: It, it was the same bunch again, for the most part. In a lot of ways, Susan Johnson there again, and the <laughs> same bunch. And um, uh, I can't remember what I did on *In Between*. Was I a voice guy on that? I can't remember. I can't remember offhand. But um, yeah, same same kind of thing. You know, when you when you have My kind of career, that's kind of what your jobs are a lot of times until you get, you know, the long term stuff. For the shorter stuff, it's sort of a day, a couple of days here and there. And you're you're kind of uh, you know, you it's not a glitzy glamorous thing. It's more just a a job that you go do, you know. It's and uh so that's what a lot of those are. So so they're as fun as they they're as fun as any job is, they're as boring as any job is, they're as hard as any job is, you know, they're just always kind of similar. Again, I've just been lucky to be able to have a lot of people that are great to work with and professional, and you know that that can make it a lot easier. So I've been lucky that way. For
0: sure. yeah. So aside from acting for TV and film, you also act in various commercials. Can you talk about about some of your commercial acting? Uh,
3: well, yeah, that one was the flips. That was probably the longest one that I've had with the with the with the pretzels. I see want some of them on once in a while on youtube um boy i did a lot of commercials i can't really remember all of those um and the ones that last the longest are snack foods you kind of go through a period in your career age-wise and i think it's probably still this way when i started you used to have a lot more dialogue a lot more scene work that would happen with commercials they sort of started moving into uh they got much much shorter wasn't so much dialogue it was more reacting i think a lot of it's more reacting now than a lot of stuff um but at the time when i started it was it was more um scene work and you're kind of age wise you're in the, a group called um they used to call it the young marrieds so like if you were in your late 20s early 30s that uh advertising group was sort of um uh, you get a lot of calls because there's a lot of things that they that they're pushing you know whether it's Disneyland or cars or credit cards or whatever, whatever all the things that happened during that time of life there were a lot of, of those commercials once you hit like mm, late 30s early 40s th- those kind of go away cuz you you kind of age out of them and then it comes back when you're kind of my age when um, they start talking about retirement stuff <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah <laughs> So so I was pretty busy for a long time just because I was in that age group more than anything. There was just a lot more stuff to do, you know.
1: Definitely. So since we're kind of getting close to uh, wrapping this up, so to to anyone watching or listening, what would you like to say to those who have supported you throughout your career?
3: Oh, I mean, just a big, huge, tearful uh, eye welling up, you know, uh, thank you and graciousness to so many people that were so good to me for so long and still are. And um, it's made all the difference in the world And to have great people to work with. It's just, you know, I have no complaints about any of it. I mean, plenty of people have had better careers than mine, more longer lasting, more exciting. But I don't know that anyone's had more fun than I have had or have had, you know, as good of people to work with as I've had. So I consider myself very, very, very lucky. And I'm lucky to be on this show with you guys, too. I think you guys do a great job, man. This is great.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. It means, it means a lot. It means a good lot. success. So, people would like to connect with you. Where can people find you?
3: Well, I mean, I, I see people find me on Facebook. I'm not a great Facebook person, but I try to respond when I get on there. I just don't get on there very much. Um. Uh. That's probably the, the, the best way. I I'm I have a presence on LinkedIn, but I don't look, at that, don't look at that very much either. Uh. If they talk to you and you want to give them my email, I don't mind. They can have that. They can talk to me that way.
1: Nice. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks guys.
1: Yes, and the the very last uh question that Jake's about yeah. to ask is a question we ask all of our guests at the end. Go ahead, Jake.
0: Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so of <laughs> course, you know this podcast is called Jake's Happy Nostalgia. Yeah, hey, look yep. at that. Yep. When you think of nostalgia, what do you think of, or in your own words, how would you define the word nostalgia?
3: Oh nostalgia I've never been of all the years I've never been asked that question that's a pretty good question Jake uh thank you I guess my first my first thought about that is nostalgia is a kind of a warm fuzzy sock you know that usually makes me feel pretty good usually you know because it's it's always some good old memory usually from when I was a kid probably you know yeah i'm not i'm not much for reunions or you know going to high school reunions or college reunions much because i don't i don't i don't really nothing wrong with looking back i i don't mind looking back but i just don't do it very much um but but there are some things you know some Saturday mornings you'll get nostalgic for some old cartoons or something and it's it's a big deal
1: Definitely, great words send on. Well, nice. Greg, nice. thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This was a blast. Yes,
0: and Mom, thank I'm you very that, much, Greg. Yes. You know for, for being on the show, and thank you so I'm much you know, for what you've done, be a part. You know for what you've done for you know, wow. be a part of our lives and keep up the great work. And can I wait? For, what's next? What's next in store for you?
2: Thanks, yes, man. and our our, our, our yes, buddy D, our, our buddy DJ Bob says hi as well.
3: Oh, good. I like go DJ. Oh, he's he's right. so amazing. He's cool dude. Good guy. Yes. Oh yes. yes. Great job, guys! You're really Thank great. i you. Wish you all the success. Thank you. you well. Thank Thanks you so much.
0: Okay. Bye a lot. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the rest of your See day, Greg. Yeah. See ya. And goodbye cool. from us as well. Yeah, yes, so we absolutely
1: enjoyed our time with Greg Lee. um Keep on the lookout for more wonderful interviews, and as always, what do we say, Jake?
0: Keep the alive. Take care, everyone. See you next time for for more new episodes. Great to come your way. can i yes. wait. Keep your eye out for that. Take care, everyone. See you next time. Bye bye.
1: Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another wonderful Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show interview. Be sure to follow Jake and the crew on social media and stream the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And as always, remember to keep nostalgia alive. Bye-bye.